people. friends, and welcome back to No Normal People for episode 10. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. I specifically mention episode 10 because we're in the double digits. I read a statistic back when I got ready to launch this show that the majority of podcasts on the Apple podcast directories have an average of seven episodes before the hosts decided to quit. There's a lot of reasons for this. I'm sure life circumstances get in there, but I also think that a lot of people don't understand how much work and how much study and how much skills, how many skills it takes to acquire a show like this. You have to learn so much about audio engineering, interviewing, scheduling, hosting, writing show notes, writing blogs, social media. There's a lot that goes into a project like this, and I just couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more happy that I am into the double digits here on my chalkboard above my desk. From the very beginning, I've had up at the top of the board, quote, I will destroy seven episodes because I did not want a project that falls into the same statistic. I want the show to stick around. And I'm so glad that you all are here on the journey with me. Thank you for tuning in every week. I could not be more excited by the way this show has taken off. So, thank you so much. On this episode of the podcast, I bring in my friend, Riley Haney. Riley is a touring musician. He plays guitar for a handful of bands, as we'll get into. He also writes his own music. He has much of his work up on Spotify, even now. So, between tours, between recording sessions, between writing, Riley works as a truck mechanic here in Billings, Montana to pay the rent. Otherwise, this guy is living and breathing music. He can sing. He can yell, as you will hear later. I say yell. He can scream in the classic metal band fashion. He plays guitar. He plays bass. The guy is just... He makes me jealous with his music. This is a prime example, and I hope that this sentiment has maybe come through on previous episodes, but this is a guy who inspires in me that it's not quite jealousy and it's not quite envy, but I just look at their life and I hear about stories about what they do, especially Riley being a touring musician. Like this is kind of a life that I've always been curious about. I just look at these kind of people and in wide-eyed wonder, the best question I have for them is what even is your life? Like what? What do you get to do on a regular basis? It's just so cool. So in this episode, I do have littered throughout our conversation some clips of the music he's involved in, including his band Deathwish, a remix of a Deathwish song by Gilda House Music here in Billings. I have his solo project EP music in here. More of the acoustic singer-songwriter vibe for that. And I have a clip of his band's title track off their last full-length record, Cursed, 
from Righteous Vendetta. If you're not a fan of metal music, I'm giving you the, the warning now that there's some heavy music ahead. There's some screaming. There's some, just some pump-up riffs. I'd encourage you to stick through it. They're only about 30 seconds long, and if you're not really into the yelling, at least listen through and just see how you know the various sides of Riley's personality comes out in each. This would be a good episode to listen at 1x speed. I know a lot of podcast listeners will push it to 1.25 or 1.5. With the music clips in here, I really encourage you to take it slow and listen to the music in the form it was originally recorded. For anyone who wants to see Riley perform live with his band Deathwish and with Righteous Vendetta, there is a show coming up here in Billings, Montana on April 3rd at the pub station. So come get a drink with me there and watch this guy just shred our faces off. Okay, so without further ado, I think I just need to bring this conversation to you with my sketchy friend. Riley Haney. Sketchy friend is an inside joke. Don't take that personally, Riley. We'll get into it. Start us off with rapid fire questions. Hit me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Video games or board games? Board games. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Rain or sun? Rain. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? Late night. Summer or winter? Winter. Marvel or DC? Star Wars. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Bozeman or Missoula? Missoula. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Hogwarts or the Shire? Shire. Books or movies? I should say movies, but books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Handshakes or hugs? Handshakes. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Phone calls or texts? Phone calls. Nailed it. All right. These are more open-ended questions. Okay. Again, you don't have to think too hard. What is your favorite snack? Uh, Oreos. Favorite morning drink? Coffee. Just black coffee? Yep, black coffee. Fantastic. What is your favorite city? Chicago. Favorite smell? I really like candles, but I like the smell of candles after you burn them out. Oh, like that, yeah. like smoke smell. That's mm-hmm. my favorite smell. I completely agree with right? you. It yeah. smells better than the candle most of the time. <laughs> favorite TV show? The Clone Wars series. I've been rewatching that. I know that's Netflix. Oh, yeah. But like the Star Wars Clone Wars series. Like I've been rewatching that. That counts, right? Yes. Okay. I'll count that. Yeah, that. Foods you will never eat. Tuna. Ever. Smart. <laughs> ever. I've never, ha- I've never had tuna. I can never get past the smell. Okay. And I will never eat tuna. Specifically canned tuna or have you had fresh? Well, I've never had tuna, period. Sushi tuna, nope, nothing. never. But wow. canned, I assume canned tuna is like everything and I know. I assume the smell of canned tuna is all tuna and I know that's wrong, but that's where my brain goes. So okay. I'm never going to eat tuna. Okay. What is your secret talent? I'm really good at staring contests. Like okay. I can hold my eyes open for a long amount of time. <laughs> what was your first job? My first job, I worked at Albertsons, and I was a bag boy. Worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Skinny jeans. Hey. And V-necks and Toms, all of them all at the same time. Oh, there you go. And I used to straighten my hair. I used to flat iron my hair, like 2009 emo kid. Yeah. That was me, to a T. You didn't know me then. I didn't know you then. I met you a few years after that phase. Some people listening to this might have known me then, and I'm sorry you had to live through that. Oof. 
Yeah. All right. If you could have one superpower. I'd like to be invisible, like the ability to be invisible. Mm-hmm. What comes to mind when I ask you, what is your proudest achievement? My proudest achievement, I think, I've actually thought about this recently. Okay. And I think the fact that I've kind of stuck to my guns and like what I'm interested in and like, I'm really stubborn in the fact that like, even when I get back, like pushback from people about things, I don't let it influence me. Mm. I don't know if that's an achievement or just like a personality trait. Character trait. Yeah. yeah it was that, was that an achievement? I, I, I'll take it. I'm good at sticking to the things I know I enjoy. Okay. Even if people around me tell me I'm wrong for enjoying them. Mm, a man of conviction. Yeah. We'll go with that's that. That's an achievement. We'll call it that. Okay. What did you have for breakfast? So I'm not proud of this. I didn't eat breakfast, but on the way here to do this, I needed to eat food because I hadn't eaten anything yet. Uh-huh. And so I got that like terrible impossible burger from Burger King. <laughs> it's disgusting and it tastes like Burger King still, but it's like... One of the few like fast food things I can eat. They tried something vegan. Yeah, it's, it's like, and you have to order it without mayo, and they offer bacon and cheese. Mm-hmm. Not to go on like a vegan rant, but that's wrong. Not right. Right. What would you eat for your last meal? Pizza. 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 Easy answer. What is your favorite movie? Star Wars. Any and all. Specifically, Empire Strikes Back, but the okay. whole thing at once. There you go. And when I watch them, I usually watch all of them. Like as, as I dedicate as much time. It's an investment. I will dedicate as much time as necessary. Okay. To watch all of them. I have a friend. Any prequel hot takes? Mm. I think there's a lot of snobby people. Not gonna call anyone out by name, but <laughs> I don't like it because it's not the originals. Okay. But I think they're good movies, and at the end of the day, it's a movie about aliens and space swords. There you go. So just enjoy it for what it is. Any sequel trilogy hot takes? Oh, uh, that's the one I was thinking of. Like the. Episode seventy nine. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking of when I said that. Oh, gotcha. I enjoyed the prequels because when I was young, that's when they were coming out. Oh, okay. So, so you were seeing Clone Wars yeah. as they were coming yes, out. Yes, yes. And we didn't get to have that experience with In, something like Empire's right. Stripe. Right. Yeah. And but that stands for those too. Like mm. what I said about the sequel. Right. Sequel trilogy is that people just don't like it because it's not the originals. Okay. Do you have a historical hero? I think. Not because of like anything I could I have lived through personally, but like I watched a movie about Malcolm X recently, mm. and again, not that I know anything about what was going on in that time, like the racism and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but just the fact that he was that convicted about what he was speaking about and was able to influence that many people, I think that's a admirable thing. Yeah. So not, right. again, not that I can relate to any of that. What was your first live concert? Uh, Dropkick Murphys. What would you consider the best live concert you've been to? Ooh. It's hard to narrow that one down. Right? I actually just answered this question on a Twitter thing the other day. So I saw a band called Deaf Heaven in Colorado, and there was a band opening up for them called Drab Majesty. And Deaf Heaven's like super heavy, like black metal. And Drab Majesty's like 80s, like goth, like electronic music, and it's awesome. All right. And somehow the combination worked at the show. What band or musician have you seen the most in live concert. Are we counting like bands that I've gone to see or just bands that I've been in the same room as a lot? Uh, let's say gone to see okay. because I know you, you yeah, we, have ended up in the same room as quite a few. Yeah. So I would say it's a tie between that band Deaf Heaven, a band called The Ghost Inside. All right. And finally, what did you want to be when you grew up? Before I got into like playing music again we'll get to this but Mm -hmm. i played i wanted to be a football player which is hilarious wow yeah i was really into football (laughs) i was a kid and i want to be a football player all right 
that didn't work out not clearly well that, those are our kind of icebreaker get to know you questions cool so riley haney if cool. you would introduce yourself the way you like to be introduced i guess would you tell me the story of your life kind of where you grew up where you went to school what got you here today uh, i went to skyview high school in billings montana um, were you born here in billings i was born here in billings yeah um, when I was really young, uh, my family lived in Kalispell for a while, but then we moved back here, mm. I think probably second or third grade, I want to say. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of grew up just in like the, the Heights area of Billings, went to, was a youth group kid, did all that. Like that was like my main friend group. So older siblings were football player, cheerleader. I was in drama club and mm. choir. <laughs> all right. Again, like horrible fashion sense of skinny jeans, straightened hair, and like V-necks. <laughs> uh, and when we, as we get into high school, middle school, Hot Topic employee. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. to Hot Topic for a minute. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of me. Uh, <laughs> everyone can picture that. It's hilarious. Great. So yeah, that was kind of like my whole upbringing and like the things that shaped me in that age were like getting into punk rock and like the antithesis of everything that my like siblings were, not anything against them, but just sure. like- Wanting to be the exact opposite of them and their friends. Okay. Because their friends were usually the ones that would like give me a hard time in school. Oh. And so I was like, I just want to be everything that they're not. So. Oh. It was like straight edge all through high school. Like never partied, never anything. Like anything they did, I just wanted to be the opposite of. Mm. Just so I couldn't, so I could be away from them. Okay. So, you didn't want to associate at all? Not at all. Right on. Not at all. What were the greatest hits as far as the, the, the punk rock Man. music you were listening to? Black Flag was a big one for me. Van Rancid was sweet. I got into Rancid when I was young. Right on. And then there was like the metalcore era, like the Chariot, the Worst Prada, the Hot Topic bands of the day. Yeah. And then there, like the whole like Christian music scene, being the youth group kid, that was like, oh, like I want to listen to this like scary sounding music, but my mom doesn't want me to. So I'm going to like tell her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to these Christian bands that still sound the same. Yeah. But yeah. I remember little catalogs at the Christian bookstore here in Billings. Oh, yeah. Like, that uh, you would you would leaf through and it would say, if you like the music of Slayer, here's the Christian yeah. alternative. <laughs> Which that notion is so ridiculous. Yep. Like Christian or not, if you like Slayer, just listen to freaking Slayer. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were you were into these Christian alternatives at least to appease your parents. Yeah, and like I like the other stuff too, but I wouldn't tell them about that okay, until I got yeah. older. Yeah, like I've secret. always loved Slayer and like Slipknot and all that stuff mm, too. So. Right on. Classic metal kid. There I you guess. go. Yeah. So coming out of high school, did you ever entertain uh, visions of going to college? No, literally never. Never yeah. once. I told my parents when I learned like, oh, we have to sign up for college in a few years. Mm. I immediately came home and told my parents like, hey, I don't think I want to go to college. <laughs> I don't think it's for me. And my mom naturally freaked out, but in a loving way, she right. wasn't trying to be rude or anything, but you know, as I can understand, like, I'm not a parent, but I can imagine, like, if I grew up with a set of beliefs through my parents that you had to go to college and you had to do this, that, and the other thing to, like, be a successful adult, Mm -hmm. and then my teenager came up to me and said, I'm not going to college, I don't care what you say, because that's the way I did it. Yeah. Uh, I would have ruffled some feathers, I'm sure. I'm a teenager, I know better. Exactly. And that's kind of, that was a little bit of my mentality, because I was just so, like... I hate to use the word angsty, but mm. full of angst Okay, in my teenage years. So yeah. yeah, I was like, screw that. I'm not going to college. Like, and I didn't. <laughs> right. Was any of that born out of keeping the tradition alive of doing the exact opposite of what 
uh, your your siblings were doing and their friend group a was little doing? bit, okay. a little bit. And I just didn't see. I knew what I wanted to do, and nothing I wanted to do like long term had anything to do with going to college. Mm. So why get in debt? Sure. So yeah. okay, that was my thought process, which is a hilarious thing for a freshman in high school to think about. But that was my thought. I was like, why do I need to spend the money on this yeah. or have my parents spend the money or whoever? When I know I just want to like play rock music, which is cliche, but there you go. Yeah. We, we ask a lot of high school seniors to think about their future right? at such a weird time in your brain's development and the, the development of your personality and your psyche. We ask so much of kids coming out of high school and it's, somehow they still don't teach you to do taxes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. So you did kind of brush over this, mm-hmm. not brush over it, but you, you gave me a hint at it. Uh, as far as your your long term dreams coming out of high school, college wasn't in the in, in the, the in the stars for you Not in the cards, but rock music was. Yeah, man. Like I know it's a cliche story, but I started playing guitar. Like I played sports up until roughly middle school, and because I like I said, I wanted to be a football player, and I did that. I tried football, tried basketball, tried track. Was terrible at all of them. Couldn't throw the ball straight. So then I got put. And if anyone knows me, it's hilarious because I was put as a lineman and I'm like 145 pounds on a good day. Oh my. And so I got a lot of injuries and broken bones. So after about five or six consecutive years of that through like elementary school and middle school, mm-hmm. around high school, I was like, you know what? I'm done breaking bones. And I had started playing guitar around the time. So I got into like Nirvana and like all that stuff. And I was like, I can do that. There you go. And so, yeah. And then I got into heavier bands, like I said before, and the punk stuff into high school. And yeah, like the first CD I ever owned was like the one of the second Fall Out Boy record, which is hilarious. But I listened to that just the other day. It's still good. So that kind of stuff like holds up. Yeah. Like the quote unquote emo music of the day, like 2005 or whatever that was like. Yeah. So I wanted to play music and I've been in band since I was 12 and I just stuck to that kind of whether or not it's because I'm stubborn or yeah, I just do that. And you're doing it rather successfully, I might say. Well, thank you. <laughs> At least getting to watch it, to. From, <laughs> watch it from my vantage point, following you on various socials and stuff. Yeah. I want to say you and I became friends right around high school, end of high school. Was it? Is that right? Like 2012, 2013? I think so. Was I think it that Mike was that introduced us? It was Mike that introduced us, and then we had spent a lot of time up at the Parkers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man. Good times yeah. up there. We we tried to start a instrumental... Uh, experimental jam band and we wanted to call it Wolf Antlers. That was after high school because I was oh, already yeah. in RV at the time. Oh, that's right. And I remember, no, okay, I remember <clears throat> what happened. So I knew Mike through like an ex-girlfriend of mine from high school and then right after I graduated, I still had like maintained contact with Mike. That relationship ended but I was still friends with Mike. Yeah. And then I had started touring at the time and he brought me over to the Parkers to meet you and I knew the Parkers mm-hmm. but he was like, oh, you like, you'll meet my friend Steve and like he's great he's into the same kind of music we like and I remember vividly he was like this is my sketchy friend Riley and that's exactly how he worded it I remember Michael he might not even remember this like (laughs) hi Mike if you're listening to this but I don't know if he'll even remember that but that's what he said like this is my sketchy friend Riley oh my and I remember that fondly because it's hilarious that's so if we see him we'll have to give him a hard time that's where it started yeah so if music is what we want to call your passion Mm -hmm. or at least what you can think and talk about ad nauseum forever yeah we've kind of talked about what got you up to here first i just quickly want to cover 
what do you currently do for work outside of the music stuff? At least just as a rent payer, sure. get it done while uh, you're not on tour. Cause I uh, want to get into yeah. the different bands you're a part of. Sure. Um, I work as a mechanic working on like big rig trucks and trailers, like for a fuel tank or like a, like an oil hauling company. Oh, okay. I haul like jet fuel and oil and stuff. Mm. So I fix big vehicles. Pays the bills. Yeah. Right. Helps. And working on transitioning out of that into guitar teching, is that correct? That's what I'd like to do. I kind of just will tinker on stuff for people, for friends or whatever, just mm-hmm. for like some side cash. I'd like to do that as a professional and like whether or not it's in a shop or like just start my own thing one, one way or another. Because I like to work on guitars. It's therapeutic. There you go. Be quiet and just like tinker on stuff. Because I like to fix things. And it's like, so the mechanic thing, the mechanicing thing is fine because I like to tinker with stuff and I like to work with my hands and like work at my own speed and all mm. that. But So it might put you in your sweet spot as far as like what you desire to do. It's right. just not in the right place. Right. Okay. Or the right subject matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha. But you're still performing the tasks that yeah, kind of like light, on light you up. Yeah. Then let's talk about music. Let's talk about music. First, I want to talk about your personal projects. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Death Wish. Okay. Tell me the story of how this band started, uh, what you were kind of going for in this, in this, uh, genre and in this feel. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I have a punk rock hardcore band called Death Wish and it started as just a studio project for me to vent and write abrasive loud songs that nobody was ever supposed to hear. And then, uh, actually you were one of the few people who caught onto it cause I just put a bunch of songs on Bandcamp mm-hmm. and you caught wind of it somehow. Or maybe I just sent it to you. I don't remember. And you were one of the ones who were like bugging me to actually like get a lineup together and play shows. Right. And then I couldn't at the time because of legal crap with my other band. And finally I just stopped caring about that legal crap <laughs> and started doing it, which is very fitting for the kind of band Wow. It is. Yeah. That inhabits the punk right? mentality. Yeah. I was like, man, are they really going to come after me? Maybe we'll see. Right. But yeah, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. They didn't long story short. They didn't. Perfect. And yeah. Right on. So yeah, uh, just wrote a bunch of songs, sat on them for like three years, except for they were on Bandcamp. And then we started playing shows in, I want to say late 2017, early 2018. So not, not for a very long time we've been at it, but loud music. Loud music. And I play guitar and yell. It started as a project to vent some yeah, emotions, man, it was just vent, like, vent some frustration. I wanted to say things that I couldn't necessarily say in my other project. And so... It just was me just wanting to experiment and get better at writing songs and just do something that was just my own. Uh, but yeah, we just recorded all in my, my parents, my bedroom at the time at my parents' house. And now we play shows. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Has it evolved anywhere beyond just being a, a venue for you to vent, vent some things? Or are, are you actually pushing toward any kind of message, any kind of thing you want it to be out in the world? I mean, it's definitely still a, like a passion project, like for me to vent and say the things I want to say yeah. that other people might look at me strangely if I tell them and right. say the things that I say in those songs in conversation with people. It's a place to put that corner of your personality exactly. in a place that feels safe, safe and for it. Not going to put me in like a psych ward. Right. <laughs> um, and you get to scream it quite exactly, literally. Exactly. <laughs> like people always ask to read lyrics or not always, but sometimes ask to read, to read lyrics and I'm like, eh. I'm not sure you want to because like right out of context, it's a little dark. Yes. Well, it's really dark. Yeah. Even in context, but <laughs> yeah, man, I just, nowadays it's more of like a, I still have my passion project, but like things mm-hmm. have changed a little bit. Lineup has shifted a bit, but now it's very much like a, at least around like the state is like an established band and we have draw places and on a small scale, on a very small scale, but 
you know, we do all right. We get around, play some shows and it's fun. I don't think it was August Burns Red that coined the term, but what do you think of the the phrase that goes around the scene that says uh, angry music for happy people? Do you think that fits your band at all? Mm. Or is this angry music for angry people? This is angry music for angry people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Which once you get those things out, then you can maybe be happy, but mm-hmm. it's, you have to... You have to be angry to make angry sure. music, I think. Yeah, you need a so. a pressure relief yeah. valve. Somewhere. It's got it's got to come from somewhere real, I think. Okay. And if it's hard, there's a lyric from a band. It's a band called Touche Amore, and the lyric is, "It's hard to write content," and that resonates so much with me because if things are going good, I can't write lyrics to save my life. Mm. If things are all hunky dory and I have nothing to be upset about, it's hard to write. I see. It's hard to write when you're content with things. So. Okay. For me, it, at least for me, it comes from a place of unease and unrest. Can we get into one of your songs specifically? Sure. Uh, Hate Riff. Yeah. Will you tell me what, where you were at when, these, when this song came out and wh- when these lyrics made it on to paper? I can tell you exactly because it's a really, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So, okay. So I was at work at this mechanic job. I'm not going to name any names. Right. But I was working with a coworker, obviously somehow the story or like he found out that I was vegan for some reason. I don't know how, huh. which this is ridiculous that he had this reaction, but him finding out that I was vegan went on to him calling me a for 10 minutes mm. in different creative ways and just wouldn't stop. So I immediately, after that ended, I walked away and sat down and spewed the lyrics to hate riff in like, a matter of five minutes. Wow. Yeah. All right. So the whole song lyrically was written in about five minutes. Okay. Because it was very much a, I need to write this or I'm going to hurt this person. Mm. And I didn't want to hurt him, obviously. Right. That definitely comes out in the music video. Yeah. So I, now, I, <laughs> you probably didn't know that before. So now if you see it and listen to it. Yeah. That's it pretty, sense. Yeah. that's pretty intense. Yeah. And, and like the video elaborates on other things. It's not just about that, but sure. So let's talk about how this song has recently kind of been readapted and uh, let's talk about your collaboration with Gilda House Music here in Billings. Yeah. So my good friend Meg from Gilda House and Arterial Drive, she approached me, I want to say six or seven months ago with the idea of, hey, dude, I want to do a cover of Hate Riff. And my first question was why? <laughs> like, because if anyone's heard Meg or her music, it's very friendly and happy and uplifting and just yeah. good mood music like synth pop stuff which is great she's very talented and so yeah my first question was why <laughs> and everyone that you listens to you is going to hate it and she's like, no dude i want to do this thing like i have this whole idea of like a series of covers i want to do and she wanted to do it. hate riff so i was like okay and so i kind of let her i made her take the reins on it because i said if i do anything to it it's just going to turn into another death wish song so I was like, you provide me with a structure and then I'll go off of that. Okay. But I need to remove myself from it completely and then come into it as a different song because if I just did it again, right. I can't re- like reimagine my own song really. It turned out really cool, I think. It's very we cool. We just put it out recently. I played guitar on it and I sang on it and I actually sang, not just yelled. 
talk about you singing a little bit more. Yeah, you yeah. just released a small EP of your own solo projects. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do that largely because I've been the metal guy for as long as I've known. Like every band I've ever been in for the most part has been like pretty heavy, pretty ab- aggressive. Yeah. Which is fun. And I love that. But also it pigeonholes you a little bit. And so I wanted to kind of put it out there that I'm a little more versatile than that and I can do other things. Like, so that was really the point of it. And again, like a lot of my projects come from what do I want to say lyrically? And sometimes things that I want to say lyrically don't fit in X project or Y project. Mm. Or for instance, the lyrics to Hate Riff wouldn't work really for, well, apparently they do because Meg made it work. <laughs> but I wouldn't have thought they would have ever worked for like a singer songwriter thing. Right. And so I just had things I wanted to say that didn't align with that sound yeah. really. So okay. that's really where it came from. And it gave me more reason to play shows. So so these were some lyrics in your solo project. These were mm-hmm. some lyrics that didn't necessarily fall in. I need something to be angry about in order right. to write for Death Wish. Totally. This was, we needed another bucket to place these kind mm-hmm. of moments in. The solo stuff, everyone has just told me it's like, it's just plain sad. Like, mm. which is kind of. Wasn't the point, but I kind of knew that going in. Like, these are, like, not happy songs. Like, I've never written a happy song in my life. Right. And I don't think I ever will. Okay. Because there's enough happy songs out there. (laughs) And I don't know, like, if everyone just, like I said, it's hard to write when you're content. So, Mm -hmm. if I wrote happy, like, cheesy, whatever song, that might be great for somebody. And And if it's genuine from other people, sure. But if I write like that, it just feels really fake. Would you mind talking a little bit about the title track for that EP, Empty Touch? Yeah, so that came from a place of, not to sound like a whiner, but like just dating struggles, relationship struggles, and just being numb. Mm. Uh, One of the lyrics of the song is, I'm sorry I don't feel anything. And it's just like, just being so numb and while trying to maintain a relationship and you just physically can't, and you know that you can see that it's hurting the other person. And so you just withdraw from it. Okay. So that's kind of the point of that song. And then the chorus is, I'm a ghost with an empty touch. Like, even if I'm physically there, I'm not emotionally there. Sure. So that's put kind of the the premise of that song. Okay. Again, pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you get that feedback. Yeah. Like, so, and it's, that's just one of the instances. Well, it's great music. And I like what you do oh, thank you. in that you, it's definitely a departure from Death Wish. Yeah. The, the angry. And it was on purpose. smash things. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you give it a, a nice haunting quality. I wanted mm-hmm. like your songwriting throughout even the, the different guitar lines and riffs you have mm-hmm. through the thing really gives it that somber. Like I, I should just be looking at a, uh, like a desert landscape with a tumbleweed rolling across the sure. empty road <laughs> kind of thing. And I think all those lyrics are written like around two or 3 AM and mm. it's like usually dark or cold and like, yeah, yeah. atmosphere matters. There you go. I have a notes app in my phone that I just spew into whenever it's like foggy today would be a good day. Cause it snowed a bunch. Yep. The seasons and like being cold and okay. I use the metaphors like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What even do you feel in lyrics, like even like death wish lyrics, I reference things like that a lot. So there is some things that some themes that will transcend any project that I do, but I think it's just cause it's coming from me. Filling their lungs, they choke and I'm numb. Keep pushing everything away. I'm a ghost with an empty touch. 
I'm never much too far from the edge And I'm reaching out with phantom limb Pulling everyone down with me Did you feel, I'm curious and wanting to steer this conversation now into Mm -hmm. some spirituality. Sure. You grew up as the youth group kid. Yep. And did you feel like these themes of cold and fog and uh, dreary days, Mm -hmm. has this kind of attitude or personality trait always been with you? And did you feel like the youth group days were trying to mask that or cover that up? Because a a classic youth group experience is we're going to play games for an hour and maybe that becomes two hours and we just mm-hmm. skip the message because it's just a, a fun party yeah. hangout time. Man, the the youth group era for me was a lot of me trying to fit in into like a clique that really I had no business being in because of, not because of any of, the, any of the people doing anything, but just like my interests weren't really there. And I was just like, oh, these are my immediate friends that like don't totally like suck or like reject me or like physically bully me because, you know, there was, I had that going on at the time too. Dang. So I was like, okay, these YouTube kids are cool. Like we can hang out. Okay. But then, so then it was a lot of me trying to fit in to that click as much as some people might not like to admit it. It was a click. It was just me putting out a lot of masks, I think. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to fit a mold that wasn't really for me and trying to explain to why those people or trying to explain to those people why it was okay that I went to youth group, but also listened to Slayer. Mm. And like, they just, to this day, some people can't grasp that. Right. And can't see how those worlds intersect at all yeah not to derail a little bit but like i had a very real conversation with somebody at a church here in town because somebody was getting baptized and they said one of the things they were announcing was slayer and i had literally bought slayer tickets that like that week and it was stoked on it and i'm like this is great like oh wow and so that it sounds so dumb but like it messed me up man like i was like oh am i even like cool to be at this church like because i'll say it man this might be controversial or blasphemous or whatever Bands like that did way more for me than any church group or youth group ever did. Right. When at that time, like mm-hmm. I could go be pissed off on the bus and like listen to Hatebreed and all these like heavy bands like Slipknot Slayer or whatever. That helped me so much more and molded me so much more than any church ever did. And I, all I got from church sometimes, not from everybody, but a lot of what I got from church is like, we well, need to fit this mold. Okay. And you need to, if you're not listening to Chris Tomlin, then you're not doing it right. You know, like you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And like, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with living your life like that. But that's not a reality for a lot of people. Right. That wasn't a reality for me. Yeah. I've I felt a little bit, not a little bit. I've felt quite a bit of an evolution coming out of my youth group days. Mm-hmm. I used to be what the youth group kids would describe on fire. I had grand visions of being like the guy in the high school that was standing on park benches and like preaching from the Bible during lunch and (laughs) grand visions of these things. And throughout high school, I realized that that is not me. No, that might be some other people, but that is not me. And that, that would feel like I would be lying more, more than not. mm -hmm. Cause it's hard to, um, yeah, be that guy Mm -hmm. who's willing to say all these things and, and preach. Yeah. And like I said, man, it's like that's not such not a reality for most people. Like yeah. you and I have had more spiritual conversations over beer mm-hmm. than we've had in a church. Like I don't think I've ever been to church with you. No. Well, maybe one, like once I, or twice. You came to Fresh Life once that's with right. me. Yeah. But yeah, we, we didn't really have like a spiritual connection that day. Like, no, we didn't even really talk about it. We we're like, oh, that was church. Okay, yep. cool. 
Mm-hmm. You want to get beer later? <laughs> That's how it went, you know? Because now you're my sketchy friend. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm your sketchy friend, Riley. That shows up at random times. Yes. But seriously, man, I think you can have more like heart to heart conversations with people if you shed like the right. the church aesthetic and like the church product. Because a lot of the times it's a product. Churches will try to sell you this thing that your life needs to look like this. And if you're not following these rules, then, well, then you're lost and we'll pray for you. I think the fact that churches don't encourage questioning is really harmful. It's like, here's, here's the set of rules. If you don't agree with them, then like I said, you're lost and we'll pray for you. Yeah. And we'll hope you find your way. That's so backwards to me. Right. Because I think, I think it's possible that a lot of the encouragement for questioning and encouragement for, uh, for lack of a better term, like deconstruction moments. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that can happen in private. And I think a lot of pastors are actually way more open to it than they would want to say from the pulpit or from their podcast or from their video series. Totally. You know, uh, at least that's been my experience Mm -hmm. with the, the relationships I have around billings. Mm -hmm. A lot of that, um, that they're willing to take on a personal basis, Mm -hmm. at least if they're healthy. Again, there's the other side of the coin that just says like, bless your heart. Right. You're just, you're falling away and there's a lot of and again we won't get into politics but there's a lot of somehow along the line christianity got lumped in with conservatism Mm. and if you look back like in my opinion jesus was like doing some fringe stuff a he wasn't a christian he was jewish first of all everything he did was rebel was rebellious Mm -hmm. like and so and all he did was like question authority i think Mm -hmm. you know and like push buttons and like piss people off (laughs) like yeah in a way that made changes. And so I think when you don't question the narrative of things as why, if you don't want to know why something is the way it is, you just know why it is, or you know what it is, but you don't know why it is, Mm. Mm -hmm. you know? So departing your youth group days Mm -hmm. and kind of entering this phase in your life, I think what I'm, what I'm hearing is the difference is quite a bit. There's more questions in your head than there probably are answers. Uh, Yeah. But would you still describe yourself as a Christian? Do you hold on to something about this faith that means something to you? There's something that keeps bringing me back. And I think it's just a general like care for people, which doesn't have to come from Christianity. There's plenty of atheists doing mm-hmm. way more for the world than some Christians are. I think it's just a general like there's something more. And maybe this is just my cynicism that meets, keeps me rooted in this. But I don't want to think that it's just we're just here to live and then die. I think there's something more to it. So I think that's it's, what keeps me back, yeah. keeps me coming back. It's less about afterlife than it right. is like, it's, the life we have now. Like, why are we here now? Sure. Like, what are we supposed to do here now? That's kind of what keeps me in it, I think. And that might be, again, like a fringe thing for a person who identifies as a Christian to say. Maybe. But, and part of it, too, like Pete Holmes always talks about on his podcast with his guests, he, he says, you know, you might just feel the identification with Christianity even beyond your, call it deconstruction or whatever. Mm-hmm. You might just feel the pull to it because that was the metaphor for God that you were raised with. Totally. You totally. know, like mm-hmm. the, because that's what you were raised with, there are pieces of your brain like that are physiologically tied in with Christianity now. Like you have neurotransmitters that are mm-hmm. specifically tied to that. Seriously. And it's hard to break some of those patterns if you want to. Yeah. You don't have to though. No. Yeah, man. The whole thing is just, I, I keep coming back to this. The whole thing that people are afraid to question Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to have doubts because like it's almost looked down upon. But I think if you're not doubting and questioning, you're not growing. Even as a Christian, like you don't have to say, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. But like if you don't 
want to know the reason is if you can't tell people why you believe something something you believe mm-hmm. other than oh it's just how I was raised like do you really believe it right you know and so I I bump heads with like Christian like Christian Christians you know a lot on that like to tie it back to the music thing like how can you listen to Slayer and how can that not affect your walk and like I've had that conversation with people like right. and they're dead serious like how can you be a Christian and still listen to these things and how does that not affect you and derail your it's like because it's people making art that's also like you're familiar with the bad Christian podcast guys from Emory mm-hmm. that w- one of the big things that they started their show on was uh, how is it possible that we can be Christians and that we're forbidden to say these quote unquote cuss words right. that are really just syllables strung together. Like God's right. not surprised that our mouths can make those shapes. Right. Do we really think that God is offended by <laughs> No, seriously, man, like <laughs> straight up, like I'm glad you touched on that because that's a thing. Like, listen to death wish lyrics and people find out that I play guitar at a church at the same time and they don't understand how they correlate. Right. Like how can you do this band that says these things and says bad words and yada yada, mm-hmm. but then you get on stage a Sunday morning. I did this morning. I won't say what church, but like, and play your Chris Tomlin yeah, music. Yeah, and yeah. Like they're baffled by the fact that I never once listened to like worship music growing up ever yep. besides playing it for the, because I've been playing for the church for a long time. So they don't understand. And I told them that and they about freaked out. I was like, yeah, I got more, from this quote unquote devil music than I ever got from Hillsong. Yeah. But at the same time, do you feel like you're making what contribution you can offer to the church by being, by still being a part of a worship band or part of, you know, contributing your talents? I think it's more selfish than that. I think it's because it gives me a reason to keep going. Okay. And it lets me be involved. And I I like, I I like to be hands on with things. So it makes me feel like I'm a part of it and it gives me a reason to be there because I can feel like I'm helping. I can feel like I'm helping create this whatever thing. Yeah, and you're contributing in a mm-hmm. way that a lot of people can't. A lot of people can't play guitar and don't have the, the musical ear that you do. Thanks for joining us for episode 10 of No Normal People with Riley Haney. If you like what you hear, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. Go leave us a five-star rating and a review and let us know what you like. For Android users, you can head over to facebook.com slash knowpeoplepod and leave us a recommendation and a review on that page. You can connect with us on social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All the tags there are at knowpeoplepod. That's K-N-O-W peoplepod. You can also visit our website at www.knownormalpeople.com. There you can find direct links to each episode of our show, as well as a built-in player on that web browser. You could also head to knownormalpeople.com slash subscribe, where we provide links for all of our favorite podcast catchers. We'd appreciate if you went and subscribed to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if I may ask, would you take the time to just text one of your friends Either send them the website or send them a link to this episode or to an episode, a previous episode that you've enjoyed, and just tell them what you like about it. Tell them why you think they would enjoy this show. If you work for, operate, or own a business that would like to advertise in this section of the podcast, please email me directly at knowpeoplepod at gmail.com. Okay, let's get back to the interview with Riley Haney. Well, let's talk about the next few weeks for you. Sure. We talked about your band, Death Wish, mm-hmm. that you started in the middle of a 
legal questions with the other project that right. we're about to talk about. We have your solo project, mm-hmm. and now you are back in Righteous Vendetta. Yep, the band that started out of Wyoming, hard rock, metal core, whatever you want to call it. There you go, rock band. Right. Yeah. So, how did you start playing for Righteous Vendetta? How did you get introduced to them? So, I met the singer of that band. His name's Ryan through just playing shows around the scene just here in town because the Wyoming scene and the Montana scene are pretty much the same thing. Might as well be. Yeah, because it's not a lot in the however many mile radius. Yeah. Um, so my band in high school at the time would open shows for RV, um, just like at the rail yard, the local bars, whatever. And I just got to talking with Ryan because my band at the time was entertaining a record deal from their label at the time. I don't know if I even told you this, but... I asked him about their experience because they were already on the label and it had been for a few years. Mm-hmm. I said, Hey, should we do this? This is what the label's telling us. Should we do this? And he was like, absolutely not run while you can. Oh no. So I took that information to my band and was like, the guy who is on this label says, hell no, run away. And they didn't like that. So I parted ways with that band. A few months passed and RV was in need of somebody to play bass at the time. And freshly graduated 18 year old Riley took the gig and then I went on tour for like four months almost (laughs) immediately after graduation uh, I think it was like three months okay and I had three days to learn the set and then I went on tour for like two or three or like three or four months wow that's quite the experience for an 18 year old it was a lot I got old fast I'll say that sure I I grew up quick right on because you know when you're a fresh-faced 18 year old kid Mm -hmm. with no aspirations to go to college and then you really go see who hasn't really seen much more of their home state or much outside of their home state, rather. Yeah. And then you go on like a nationwide tour for a few months. Opens your eyes. You see quite a few things that you weren't yeah. expecting. Yeah. And some things that you never want to see again. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's the less glamorous side of being a touring musician. Yeah, man. <laughs> Slept on a lot of floors. Yep. Ate a lot of like, we used to like go to like gas station, like get bags of potatoes, or at least I did. And then like steal ketchup packets. And that was like dinner. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, real broke. Real All right. broke. Yeah. So you started playing bass with them. Uh you played with them for quite a few years. Five. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. part of um recording bass on the last record, weren't you? Yep. And then some singles that never we did a record in like twenty fifteen that never actually came out in full. But oh. now that the band's indie, we've been like putting out singles from that era. Yeah. Just because the ones that stood out to us that we still liked, we were like, oh, we can put this out as like a single. So somewhere in the middle of there, you transition to playing guitar now. You actually get to play guitar. Yeah. it's Everyone kind of, we all kind of put it up on the shelf for a little bit and like worked on other, other things and we all needed a break from it, I think. And everyone needed to grow because I essentially grew up into my adulthood doing that. And there's a lot in the music scene, in the music industry that can damage a young person who didn't know anything and then dealing with record labels and dealing with managers and people telling you you need to look a certain way and not even so much like within the band, just like the people on the outside telling me that I need to lose weight, for instance, or you. Yeah. Yeah, man. What? Oh, yeah, it's a whole big thing. That's, we can get into it. That's if you gross. Want. No, we, I don't really want to. That yeah. just makes me sad. Yeah. It turned into a, it turned into a lot. Some of the songs on the solo thing are about that. I talk about in one of the, in one of the solo record songs that I did, I talk about, and this is the thing I talked about with Matt that you re- talked about with the CMYK podcast. Yeah. Part of that whole discussion was like, it re- de- resulted in an eating disorder for me. Mm. Like seriously, like terrible, terrible thing to tell like a, maybe I was 19 at the time. And so, yeah, we all had like pretty bad mental health issues. Okay. And so we all kind of, or at least I had to like pull the reins on it and like step out and like 
dive headfirst into like the Death Wish stuff where I could vent and say whatever I want without having some oh. suit tell me gotcha. that I can't. It wasn't even things so much within, I mean, there was things within the band, but you know, that just happens when you spend five years stuck in a tube with some, with the same group of people, you know, you're going to fight. There's going to be stuff. Yeah. Closer than some families oh, at that yeah. point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you're playing guitar now for Yeah. Them, yeah. So, and you're heading out on tour. Oh, at the time of this recording, you're heading out on tour in a few days. Yep. You mentioned to me that you're hitting one of the last states you need to basically complete your lower 48 right, so map. The only states other than we're hitting Rhode Island, and then after that, I'm pretty sure that's I've, what we've played all lower 48, and then we just have to hit Alaska and Hawaii. That's but, a cool landmark. Yeah, man. How does that feel? You're a traveled musician. Uh, I want to go overseas though, but it, it's very cool. I don't right. want to sound like ungrateful because it is cool because I'm, I'm young still. And it's the fact that I can say I've done that is more than a lot of people can say. And right. I feel very blessed not to use that cliche, but plus you're living your, basically your high school dream of being the rock trying to musician yeah, on the road to. or at least faking it. <laughs> oh, fair <laughs> Fake enough. it till you make it. <laughs> I think I'm So one thing I did want to mention for our listeners, if they're curious to see you play live, sure. Death Wish and RV, actually, there's a show coming up here in Billings, Montana on April 3rd at the pub station. Death Wish is part of the opening acts mm-hmm. leading up to Righteous Vendetta. Yeah. We had to give myself a break in there some, at some point. So there's a couple yeah. other bands on the bill. There's a band between Death Wish and RV, but I, I have to imagine that you're just going to be exhausted by the end of that day. You know, believe it or not, I've done worse. So I was... On top of that, I play for another like death metal grindcore band here just in town. Like, uh, it's a band called Nyat, and we played a New Year's Eve party that was Death Wish, and then immediately followed a Nyat set. And I had like a horrible, it wasn't the flu, but it was like I was dying. Right. And so I was just like hopped up on Dayquil for the whole set. And so I had to sing the Death Wish set or yell the Death Wish set, whatever. Yep. And then have about a five minute break and then play another set immediately after my heavens. Yeah. And you've been to the Hofbrau in Bozeman. Yeah. It was at the Hofbrau. <laughs> so you can imagine how stupid that got. Wow. Yeah. Like it got to the point where like it was, it was fun, but people were like jumping off tables. Like right on. I had to push my pedal board behind me because it kept getting kicked by like pit warrior dudes, which is fun. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, this stuff's expensive, man. <laughs> like, right. So I'd rather just Respect put it, the gear, man. I just had to move it before somebody like dumped their beer on it. So. Yeah. But oh, it all was, it all was good. Right on. But then I, Gee. I died after that. I just, I puked in between sets and then came back and played another set. There you go. Which I've puked. I've had to leave stage to puke more times than I'm proud of, but. What a life you have. The show must go on. What even is your life? <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about um, the tour life? What kind of routines or habits have you tried to build into your life? I know you eat vegan. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that's going to be a challenge as a traveling musician. Man, it's not as much as you'd think. Okay. So I've been, I was, I went vegan about a year ago. Yeah. And before that I was veggie for like, I want to say four, four, maybe five years. So I'm pretty used to it now. So it's just second nature. And once you, not to get into the philosophy behind veganism, whatever, people can research that on their own. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to preach it. But 
once you get past the like craving stage of like the first couple weeks, it's just almost food like that's not even an option anymore. Yeah. So you don't think about it. Okay. Like, oh, like this restaurant that only serves steak, uh, it's not an option for me to eat at. Period. So yeah. it's not that hard, really. All right. Like, you read some labels. Like, vegan is a little more tough because you have to like read labels and stuff. Like, looking for dairy, looking for yeah, eggs, yeah, all that. Like, but once you, once you learn the tricks, though, it's not hard. All right. At least for me, I think maybe I'm just stubborn. Do you have so. any do you have any staples when you're out on the road trying to uh trying to keep vegan while you're touring, while um, you're traveling? Well, there's these things they're not probably not like the most healthy thing ever, but there's these like cookies that are like vegan protein cookies. Okay. That you can find at town pumps, and so I'll stock up on those. And I, I eat a lot of this stuff called Soylent. Like it's just like a protein powder thing. Mm. That's like it's supposed to be like it's like a meal replacement deal. So if I'm like real desperate, I'll just I have like a stock of that usually. At least I, I do it when I'm home. So I'll probably be at lunch and I'll get some before I leave. Yeah, man. I don't know. Just fruit, veggies, nuts, yeah. avocados, stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. And you mentioned like routines that like when you're touring to like keep yourself sane. I'll just like, I make points to go do the things that I enjoy. Like I referenced before without, I'll go off on my own and just like find record shops or coffee shops and just like get away from everyone for a while. That's yeah. like the biggest thing. Like It's fun to hang out, but like when you're stuck in a vehicle with somebody for weeks or, you know. You have to get away from each other. Like, Drains and, your energy. Yeah, well, like, and, you, and you said you're an introvert too, so that mm, doesn't help. Yeah, you have to find things you can together. do on. You have to find things you can do on your own. At least for me. Uh-huh. So any chance I can get to like get away and go just like zen out by myself for a little bit. Just I'm go totally for a done. walk. Yeah, sit at a man. coffee shop. Yeah, just like get away from people for a while. Uh, I'm really excited to be in Brooklyn again because Brooklyn's full of good record shops. Ooh. So I'm gonna go spend some money at some record shops. I'm sure. <laughs> Which I'm sure I'm going to see if uh, Providence has good stuff too, because oh, okay. that's the last place I haven't been, yep. like in the lower 48. So it's Rhode Island. So I'm going to see if they have some good stuff. Okay, man. This we, has been awesome. Thanks dude, for coming this over. This is so much fun. Like we need to kick it more. Yeah, we needed to catch up anyway. Yeah, so this yeah. is this is good. Now we can catch up on a medium where people can listen to us catch up. There you go. <laughs> yeah, let's have a private conversation with microphones yes. between us. And put it online. Yep. Podcasts. It's brilliant. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for coming over. I've I've enjoyed this a lot. To close us out here, I wanted to ask, what are you currently reading? Man, I'm a little embarrassed to say I'm not currently reading anything, although I heard of a a Nick Cave graphic novel. Do you know who Nick Cave is? I don't. He's just a musician that's been going since forever, and he's got a billion good bands like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Grinder Man. If you've heard that song, Red Right Hand on Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Yeah, that's Nick Cave. Hey, right on. Yeah, so he has a graphic novel that I heard about. So I'm, I'm going to hunt that down. Okay. I have a friend who works at the library here and she keeps telling me to get a library card. So I might do that tomorrow before I leave for tour. That sounds good. So, and then I'm going to go get a bunch of books and then take them on tour. Yeah. And then what? return them before I get fined. <laughs> what was the last book you read? Do you um, remember? The last book I read, it was a reread, but I read a book called tranny, which is a biography of the singer of against me. Okay. Laura Jane Grace. It's like a, about that band's upbringing and coming up and stuff, which they're one of my favorite bands. So I read cool. that. What books do you have on your list that you might stock up on at the library for your next leg of tour? I need to find that Nick Cave graphic novel. Yep. And then there's some new Rollins, I think, that came out. Henry Rollins. Yeah. I can't remember the title off the top of my head, but Rollins is probably my favorite writer. So. Oh, excellent. Like, everyone should read A Grim Detail by Henry Rollins. It's really good. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Then what are you currently listening to? This might be podcasts Ooh. or music. Ooh. Greatest hits. I'm always on that Death Heaven kick, like I mentioned that band. Yeah. But I've been listening to a lot of like like super heavy like death metal stuff. Like my friend Jacob just told me about this band called Bloodbath. 
And it's like a super group and just crazy like death metal stuff. And there's a hardcore band called Jesus Peace I've been listening to also. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Like real heavy stuff. But on the other hand of that, like I'm always listening to like Julian Baker, like Phoebe Bridgers, stuff like that too. Right on. Uh, The total opposite side of the coin. Really (laughs) chill, like sad stuff. Right. So yeah. Do you listen to podcasts at all? Rollins has a podcast. He has like the Henry and Heidi podcast. I listen to that. Uh, like Bad Christian, like you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. There's a podcast. I think it's called like the uh, the Friendly Atheist or something like that. I find that one really interesting because a lot of people in our world, like the Christian church world, like talk about morals and morality through the lens of Christianity. But it's fun- interesting to me to listen to a person who is an atheist who has those same morals, but they're totally based on themselves, like mm. not because a book told them to. Okay. So I find that interesting. Well, to close us out, Riley, then, would you read the quote directly above me on the board? The only normal people you know are the ones that you don't know very well. <laughs> <laughs>